so that we're going to discuss the topic here, the three rims of the prophetic. The spirit of prophecy, the gift of prophecy, and the office of the prophet. Prophecy. Prophecy is defined as God's divine communication in a known tongue. Prophecy is a supernatural, and I'll define supernatural. Supernatural is defined as an event or manifestation attributed to some force beyond scientific understanding or the laws of nature. No one can explain why it happened. That's that's what supernatural means, above our natural. So it's prophecy of the supernatural divinely anointed utterance in a known tongue. Prophecy does not come by the will of man, does not come by our will. It does not primarily foretell future events, but it does foretell and declare God's will. So it's already what's already written in the will of God or in the Bible to edify, exhort and comfort God's people. So the spirit of prophecy the first type of prophetic expression is when Holy Spirit manifests the spirit of prophecy in a meeting and people feel moved to prophesy. Generally, what happens in this type of prophetic expression is that people have been worshiping and they feel a change in the atmosphere as a prophetic unction is released. Suddenly, people who may have never prophesied before will feel prompted to speak out what they perceive from the Lord. In this situation, people are open to the Lord and some of them will receive a word from God to share. This is sovereignly initiated and we respond to it and move in it by faith. So yesterday during um, praise and worship, um, Sunday's wife, she at the end of uh, going to toward the end of the worship, portion of the uh, praise and worship and I mean it was really a high high worship but it was also high praise because um, we've had different there's different types of worship there's some that just put you down everybody's on their fall to their face and then there's some that you just it's just hanging and it's like God is the um, Holy Spirit is kind of um, embracing us it was kind of like that type of uh, worship she began to prophesy. The utterance came out of her uh, to exhort the body about what the Lord was saying, what he was doing. And as she began to prophesy, you could tell, I'm sensitive so I could tell. I could tell that the atmosphere has shifted and people got really excited and began to even pull on the anointing, whether they knew that they were or not. Sometimes people don't realize that they are. But when you get excited and you want more of God, that's what we call pulling on the anointing. And if someone is excited and opened up and pulls on the anointing, the anointing in the heightened level in the room goes up. And so they were in celebration after she finished prophesying. And so that I don't, I have not seen that happen here before. So I was so elated and happy because I see it as basically a fruit of what has been happening that, that we do, that we've been doing for over a year now with, with teaching. So that's how, that was the spirit of prophecy. 
because I'm not for sure if she has the gift or if the gift has ever activated or if she has ever done that before. I did acknowledge her at the end of service and she just really was, um, she didn't, she didn't know how to respond to me when I told her that, you know, that was awesome. And, you know, you know, let God continue to use you or something like that. I told her continue to yield to the spirit. So to discuss a little bit more and give you an example of how the spirit of prophecy, uh, works, um, and you know what? I know you're smiling. Did you prophesy to her during our prophetic team? Somebody prophesied to her during the prophetic team. It was Sunday's, Sunday's wife. I don't know. You were here too, Virginia. Yeah, she's on the praise and worship team. She was right over here. Somebody prophesied and ministered to her on that day. So that was the other thing I thought about. It's almost like the gift was something active, was activated during that time or like a seed where I said sometimes we release seeds and then they get watered and then eventually sometimes you'll see them begin to to come alive uh-huh over here uh-huh by St. Mary where Hope was yeah mm-hmm. so that that was the other thing that the Holy Spirit showed me too is that she was one of those that had gotten ministered to with the prophetic word mm-hmm so in uh, John chapter four, this is about the uh, Samaritan woman. Jesus had asked the Samaritan woman for a drink of water from the well. And um, me and my husband had discussed this one. So I have to give him a little credit for some of the revelation we got. <laughs> he said, now what Jesus said to her in verse 10 was, if you knew the gift of God and who it is, who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Well, that verse really kept jumping out at me because it seems like all the words here are past tense. But he was talking to her like right then. So he was talking to her like past, past tense as if he was in the future. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Yes. Mm-hmm. He says, if you knew past tense uh, who it was that asked you you would have asked him to give you a drink of water verse 13 Jesus reassures her that whoever drinks of the water from the well will thirst again that means just regular natural water and in verse 14 he says but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst and the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So that still, he's still, he's still over here in the future, ministering to here, back here. Because Holy Spirit hasn't been come yet. He hasn't come yet to be baptizing us in the Holy Spirit yet, right? So that's an example of the, how the prophetic word began. Verse, uh, let's see. So she had asked, then she asked Jesus a little further down. So you guys, I'm just paraphrasing. So you guys can go back and read this. She asked, uh, she asked him for that water. She says, um, she says, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come to, to draw. She didn't want to draw anymore. <laughs> so she surely had no clue what he was talking about. It's like, where is this water? And then, and then Jesus begins to what what does he do he gives her 
prophesied to her, gave her the word of knowledge, told her everything he knew about her. He gave her the word of knowledge and began to prophesy her, which is living water. This is living water. This was spiritually speaking, water that quenched her spiritual need inside that she didn't have, know that that was what she was trying to do when she had all these husbands. She was looking to have the, the need to love, that, to be cared for, to be accepted. Uh, she needed that to be quenched, that thirst there to be quenched, which is a spiritual thirst. And so um, he quenched it. Wow, through the prophetic word, the need for love and acceptance. This was spiritual, a spiritual thirst that was quenched with truth because he gave her the truth of her life and what she, what was going on with her. So we go back to Jesus. Jesus is the spirit or the voice of the prophet. That's what you said, Philip, right? Voice of the prophet. <laughs> so since Jesus is no longer on earth, he speaks to us through his prophets. That would be us. Prophets have the prophet's spirit. That's one of those fivefold offices that Jesus assigns. Okay. The nine gifts of the Holy Spirit or Holy Spirit manifests and assigns and, and gives out. But the, the offices are from Jesus. That's how you know if you're called. Jesus calls you. Most often, and I'm just not saying 100% of the time, you're going to have, or that person's going to have an encounter with Jesus. It could be a supernatural encounter. I've, I've seen, like, Chris Valentin had Jesus come into his, what, he was taking a bath. I mean, everybody's had these, these crazy experiences, and everybody's experience is different. Mine was not Jesus coming into my, my room or me face-to-face -face talking to him. I had an angel come get me and take me to heaven. And that's where my, my supernatural encounter experience happened, where I was called out into, into the office. And then after that, it was just, you know, everything else started to just happen. Things happen it just as a part of who you are and how he builds you to be that, uh, that vessel that he needs to use and to pour out of. He gives you the experiences and the relationships and the encounters that you need to become what he needs you to be and who you need to be. Okay, so another scripture here, uh, John 7, 38. John chapter 7, verse 38, it says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. This water is Holy Spirit who dwells in us and cleanses us of all unrighteousness. Our spiritual thirst will be quenched. And so you really can't have that rivers flowing until God has had, you had that encounter with Jesus where he's able to um, flow through you. And then I was going to just probably jump now to talk a little bit about the spirit of prophecy as, as in Revelation chapter 19, verse 10. It says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy which is the very life of Jesus. Everything he said and everything he was is the spirit of prophecy. The word spoken, Jesus was the word. So um, if he's the spirit of prophecy 
everything that we say points people to to Jesus. So what we're saying is we're just continually testifying who, who Jesus Christ is through prophecy. So that is the standard that we evaluate, not only uh, the words that we speak, but that prophets, their lifestyle is upholded by the standards that Jesus taught and lived. So Jesus is the spoken word, and he is the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. And we also are to test. We are to test uh, the evidence that something, uh, a testimony, meaning Jesus is the testimony, right? The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. If we took the word test, test means to uh, prove. This is the evidence that something exists if you're testing something. The testimony itself is to proclaim the existence or to authenticate, um, especially given in a court of law, proof that he is who he says he is. And that's what prophecy is to do. It's not to do all these other things that we people think that it should be, like prophesy me a husband <laughs> or be a car or, or whatever. You know, it's to point pe- people to Jesus Christ. And he is the testimony. He is the true testimony. The living word is the testimony that Jesus existed. And he still exists. That is the testimony. That is prophecy. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the gift of prophecy. We won't spend a lot of time there. I'm sorry. Uh, no, this is the second one, the gift of prophecy. So we just talked about the spirit. We're going to do the office last because it's the levels. Uh huh. So we did the spirit. Now we're going to talk about the gift of prophecy. This is the second round. First Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. You want to read that one. First Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 11. The gift of prophecy is the manifestation of the one of the nine uh, gifts of Holy Spirit. Those nine gifts are broken into three categories, the vocal gifts, the power gifts, and the revelatory gifts. Gift of prophecy is one of the vocal gifts. And it's, it's um, the other two would be tongues and interpretation of tongues. And many believe that tongues and then the interpretation that comes along with it equals prophecy. If you want to read up more detailed on the gift of prophecy, it is inferred, the whole chapter, 1 Corinthians 14, is really, really good. Uh, we've studied that one and talked about it quite a bit in the past. Um, the function and purpose of the gift of prophecy is to edify, exhort, and comfort the body of Christ by spontaneous unction of the Holy Spirit. The person who is called to operate in the gift of prophecy is usually someone who has first learn to function under the spirit of prophecy. So this gift has to be activated and it has to be, you have to train it. It has to be um, activated and then um, the person has to be released in the, in the gifting to actually grow in the gift. We don't get gifts and we're full grown operating in any of the gifts. That's just the way it, it is. I'm sorry. Um, the gift, the person that is operates under the gift of prophecy, who has the gift of prophecy, has spent some time flowing under the anointing of the spirit of prophecy. 
And many times what happens is their, their, their inner man desires to prophesy. It's almost like they don't really have to really covet it uh, because it's, it's, they're supposed to flow in it. It's, it's who they, they're, it's what those gifts are supposed to have. Whatever the reason is that God will use them in that, in that gifting. Um, I think we should use the gift of prophecy more often than we use it now in the churches in the body of Christ. And that's why I like having the prophetic tea ministry. So I think there's a place for it. And sometimes we don't make place for it in our regular services at our meetings, you know, our, our day-to-day Sunday services, or even Bible study and some of the others. Yes, ma'am. Um, so when we had our, our prophetic team and, and Apostle Brian spoke, mm-hmm. I felt in my spirit open mm-hmm. during the time that he was prophesying. Yes. And, and even to back, uh myself and Jessica was standing next to me. Mm-hmm. 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 I never felt that Just felt more open. I felt like there was a tornado that, that opened. <laughs> yeah. 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 You could it. You felt the same way? I wanted to share. I went to his church yesterday. Uh huh. And God, I mean, I just felt he was. Yeah. Prophecy is a it's a really important gift and it can be used for ministry, like you said, you were ministered to. And you know, depending on uh who you identify and who the who the Lord draws you to and the where you're on a prophetic team, I've seen yeah, emotional healing even some deliverance happen for some people um, because it's just their spirit is receiving and the Holy Spirit is like doing surgery. He's ministering. It's a whole lot different than, okay, come up and have a line and we all get anointed. It's, it's, it's taking time and it's dealing with some things and issues that people, sometimes even they don't even know that, that, that it's there, the problem's there or it activates a gift or identifies a gift that could be could be a lot of different things. I can remember one time I went to a prophetic tea because um, we used to go a lot uh, in the in the city with uh, Diane. Uh, yep, and so we went somewhere, and you guys remember the lady that her daughter, I guess the, I don't know if it was a boyfriend or whatever. He basically they he got arrested for killing her, but um, it was over off of uh, it was in North Omaha. And they never found the body, but he ended up going to jail. They ended up eventually arresting him. And the kids were like in the home, in the room, somewhere asleep or something. And, you know, I don't know if they actually witnessed anything. But um, the mother of the daughter was at this meeting and we were able to minister to her. And we didn't we didn't know anything about it. But when I was ministering to her, the Lord had gave me, um, oh, it was a, it was a, a town in, Nebraska, because she they were she was really really desperately wanted to know where her daughter was, and um, and I can't think of the name of the town right at the moment, uh, but you know I had this word of knowledge I had gotten and I gave that to her, yeah, and then my daughters when I told them about it they were saying mom you should call downtown and tell the police department or whatever I said I have no evidence but you know see this is how prophecy can be of help in a lot of ways. We don't realize it. You know, they have no problem listening to 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And they will pay for the psychic too, right? And then they say profits for hire. We should be asking for. Oh, oh, that that uh, box was outside of you. It went over this way. Yeah, it went. It went over that way. Yeah. So I don't know if he lives around here or not. <laughs> he went over this way. No, 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 I can't see him now. He, he went across the uh, the door and he went back by right toward the parking lot. Wow. You know, if it wasn't being so small, you would. I don't know if he's full grown. You know, if he has a family <laughs> or what. He went to the left there, so I don't know where he went. Hope it's so left side. <laughs> Amazing, huh? They don't get very big, so that could be a grown. That could be a so grown box. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't remember the city. I wrote it down too, but uh, yeah. So and we ministered to her, and it was so. You prophecy can be used in so many, so many, so many ways, and so many avenues. You know. So uh, okay, let's. We, we got a little bit off there. Let's move on. As they use the gift, they feel a drawing toward it and begin to practice more. And then they are recognized by leaders as someone within whom a gift of prophecy is developing. That's why it's so key to be in the right church, the right atmosphere. Go where the prophetic is flowing. You know, I can say for here at Redeem, we have a worship and level of worship where the prophetic flows and a lot of times people they start calling it that <laughs> you know even when the pastor sometimes whatever message he may be in i can see when he hits into a prophetic vein so it's really the openness of the church and the level of worship in the church and then again how do you um how does that church acknowledge and accept the presence of god the holiness of God, the, the fear of the Lord has to be evident and, and uh, people yielded to receive what God wants to do, making a way for things to happen. And so my, that would be my vision for this church if I had one, was that when the prophetic flow gets someone, that we're, it's allowed to go for and I can remember early on, some of the years, the first couple of years, maybe I was here. I can remember, you know how you have that holy hush? And we're just waiting because we know God's getting ready to speak. <laughs> yeah. Um, we used to have that a little bit more frequent then, but not, not so much recent. But I think just because what we're doing now and that God has opened the door for this church to have prophetic area and training for those who want to participate, as you know, it's one of the, gifts in the areas that the enemy fights because it's the one that's going to bless the church the most and progress us in our walk. That's why you have, don't have the, um, this is about as bad as a uh, prayer meetings. People don't want to pray. No, it's the most important thing to do. Um, but because of what we are, the seed that we leave and what we're doing now, God shows up. Even our Sunday, I know our Sunday morning worship's not open. The, the heavens are open. We have open heavens here. I don't know, hope if you've ever yeah. sensed the differences. And there are sometimes in worship, I just feel like I'm going to fly away because <laughs> it's so 
so good. <laughs> I feel like I'm off the floor on my feet. And I'm good just to take off. And I just have my own personal church meeting <laughs> my own lot of times up here. Um, so the atmosphere, that's, that's, the, that's back to that spirit of prophecy that comes in. And it can, and, and we need to nurture that more because so much happens in that little bit of time. It's, it's so, it's so awesome what can happen. How many years of, of junk can God can peel off of people and, and, and bring them up to where they need to be, you know, and to minister to them. So the prophetic is really key for that. Uh, it is important to understand that the prophetic gift is developing in the person and no gift comes fully formed within us. I think um, that was one of the questions you were asking earlier too. And our growth in the gift and calling is dependent on many things, including practice, humility, character development, and much more. It's really your relationship with God that is really, really important. Practicing the presence of God, making time for him, and knowing that your relationship with God is not going to be the same with somebody else's relationship is with God. Everybody's relationship is different. You, who you, how he relates to you is totally different how he'll relate to someone else. And somebody else may get away with something that you don't get away with. And just, you know, you're back to that, that uh, in the scripture, it's Mary and Martha type thing. It just really depends on, on, uh, on you. Practice and then humility and development. Mm-hmm. Charity development and much more. Thank you. Yes, Thank you. yes. Spending time with him is key. And then yielding to the Lord. And, and, it, and it's, it's not easy. It's not easy being available. It's not easy always. We miss it. And all we can do is be quick to repent. And ask the Lord to say, you know, okay, God, I missed it. I'm so sorry. Please come visit me again. <laughs> I'll be ready. <laughs> I'll get up or I'll do this or I'll do that. There'll be things he tells me and says to me. And then I say, I'm going to remember that. I do not remember it. And I get beat myself up because I can't, I cannot remember it. So it's my fault. I should have got up and wrote it down. <laughs> and then I, hopefully he'll bring it back to me again. And he may probably did, but I wouldn't know what it was. But I didn't remember what it was to begin with. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's, uh, but he knows that we're just his children and he treats us with, you know, with loving kindness, with his glo- d- delicate gloves, kid gloves. Those who function regularly um, in the gift of prophecy can become more accurate in their hearing and expression. So you have to really practice hearing, practice listening, focus in on the inside. We hear Holy Spirit on the inside. Sometimes the first place we start trying to really hear is, is here, but you know, you want to get up to your spiritual ears where he can hear you in your spiritual ears, which is up higher. So you do want to focus, but it's not always, you're not going to always hear down here. Don't think it always going to come from your, your, your belly, but that's where you feel the stirring and the unction though. Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. You see stuff. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> it doesn't come yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's good. You always. Yeah, that'll change. Because as you grow and go to different levels, he won't always give you pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Just realize that because I know he's going to be the same way. You know, he can give you a carrot because he's trying to pull you along. 
And after you grow a little bit out of that, he's going to give you another challenge. And it may not always be a picture. Or it may start to be a panoramic. Have you seen a panoramic picture? A whole movie theater? <laughs> a whole scene? <laughs> yeah. Try to prophesy that. <laughs> but you can. You will. And you don't forget it. If it's in a dream. Supernatural visions and dreams that are impart that are they've almost stamped on your spirit, man. You can see them when you think about them again. You can just see them just as vividly as you saw it in your dream. I have a picture. Now here's what happened. Mm-hmm. I have African friends who go back and they do ministry stuff in their country in Kenya and they come back. Mm -hmm. and their kids have gone over there. And so I saw a picture of Africa and their little footprints of all the places that they have gone. Mm -hmm. And so I said to my friend, is it because you have seed, you have so, so much seed there? Yes. And you made uh, a way for God there. Please go to make this is the only place. And so then the Holy Spirit fell in such a way she didn't fall. If I had not been sitting in the chair, I would Yeah. Okay. Yes. I don't know if that's prophecy or not. Oh, yeah, that's prophecy. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's a word of knowledge. You want to repeat it a little bit louder so she. I'll pop up again. Go ahead, speak it up again. Say it again. My African friend has a missionary work in Kenya. She's speaking in, but she's also got some other countries in Africa. And uh, so, where are your kids? And uh, they were doing Bible study in the home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they were debating about it. And I said, I saw a picture of Africa, and then I saw little footprints of every place they went in. And they said, because. Uh, you have made a place for God there. And he had so see there for him. He's going to make this his final place for his love. So after I said that, bam, now the spirit fell down to the floor. And I, I was on the, I was on the chair, but that's not going to help with that. show you how you flow in them and how they operate and so that was a gift that when it's a word of wisdom it's something that's happened in the future the word of knowledge is something that's already happened in the past or it's happened currently so you saw that but it is it, something that acknowledged something that had already happened so it spoke to her to where she had been and the anointing came or whatever you released out of your mouth the seed for her to the seed that she had planted or whatever you said was going to happen. That was an anointing that hit her. Right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Each to two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was pretty potent. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you can't label everything. <laughs> okay, so I said no gift comes fully formed within us. And even where I'm at, I'm still learning new stuff, new ways to operate, new ways to flow, new ways to receive and to minister and to hear. And, you know, most of you who know me have been teaching on the on the angels. 
that's where he has me at now. And I'm about ready to go back into that again because our August, our August, and so I guess it'd be a commercial workshop, which is the four weeks, every Monday in August, the first four weeks, we're going to have um, um, intense training, well, boot camp training. And it's going to be on dreams, visions, and heavenly encounters. And it's also going to include talking about the angels. And so I, I still, I'm seeing them like there's nothing to it now in my house. <laughs> I expect to see them when I open my eyes and I look at certain places and where the, um, where the portal is there in, in, in my the bathroom for your door. But yeah, because if, if I don't see, and then I'm seeing new ones. And then I, I sent out the plant with the yellow. Did I send that to you? Okay, I'll have to send it to those who haven't got it. Yeah, with the mushrooms in there, the yellow mushrooms. Anybody ever seen yellow mushrooms blooming out of a plant? Never in my life have I ever seen anything like that, ever. And I have been growing plants for a long time. <laughs> a long time. And so that was just, that's amazing. I think there's a message in that. I don't know what it is. And so God's going to share it with either myself or whoever. But when I think of the yellow and I think of sunflowers and I think of the Son of God and 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 Jesus and I think of yellow it's just like I just think of Jesus <laughs> so praise the Lord I'm really off subject here okay okay Holy Spirit bring me back and then so we don't come fully grown it grows we have to we have to feed the, the gift we feed the gift inside of us we feed the hunger you got to have the hunger you got to have the desire you got to be excited about it you got to want it you got to want to do it. And it's all dependent on many things. Again, as I said, practice, humility, character development. Amen. So um, you become, eventually you become recognized and you're nurtured and you'll start, people will start calling you out depending on what churches you're in. And they'll ask you if you have a word, you know, your, your leaders should start to nourish you and acknowledge the gifting that you have. Um, at Agape, we would have we would have prophetic teams, but we also sometimes would have guest ministers come, and he, he, you know, pastor would identify the more senior prophets and people in the in the congregation or the, on the team to minister specifically to those leaders. And those leaders are leaders. I mean, it's it's amazing to be able to minister to leaders, and it's like you have no clue, and that's what you want. You want to prophesy to people you don't know. You want to prophesy to people who don't know anything about you. They don't know you either. And, and and that's how you know that genuine gift is there and God is using you. Uh, I remember when we, we did some of the prophetic training, I was telling you how you identify people that you call out. You have like a pool to them. And I would always want, and we would have this, this whole world would be full of people, over 100 people. And there was only about maybe seven, eight to 10 of us. So we wouldn't get that many people that we would hit, but maybe 10% of the people that were there, 20% before our time was up, because we would only minister for about an hour to two hours at the max. And I would always try to find somebody I didn't know. Because I knew then it had to be God. <laughs> somebody I didn't know. But as I grew, and he moved me out of that, he had me start hitting people that I knew. Okay. Yes. Yes, because then you had to go past any, any knowledge you had about them. You had, that was a whole nother level of going into the spirit 
pulling something out for those that person because you had to have no knowledge of it. So I was comfortable as long as I was calling people out that I didn't know and they didn't know me. <laughs> that was easy. But there is different levels. So always progress and want to go deeper and want more. Okay. Um, at this level of function, the gift is still very much for building up people in their faith and walk. This is the gift of prophecy uh, in Christ for encouragement and comfort. Uh, those functioning at this level should not automatically think they can include correction, new direction or direction or predictive elements in their prophetic words. So you stay away from, um, if you see something that's not right, you don't correct it. You ask the Holy Spirit to give you the wisdom on how to describe what you see. Sometimes he says, just describe it. Or he may tell you just to stay away from that area. Um, so, you know, because you're in a setting where you don't want to expose anything uh, to others. Uh, in a ministry line, it can be a little different because I've seen ministers, uh, if they're ministering, they will take that person off to the side and speak into their ear you know, and minister them, but it's in love because if God is exposing something to somebody, it's because he wants that vessel to deliver that message or that issue that, or to deal with that area because he's handpicked them for that, that because they're going to receive it from them and they know it's going to be in love. Yeah. As we know how the Holy Spirit is gentle. That's the same way he treats each of us. Okay. All right. And all words must be tested. Remember, we prophesy in part. Uh, the gift of prophecy is available for all to function in. Uh, not everyone that prophesies is the prophet. We discussed that already. Um, and then my example earlier was about the different levels and, and the training and the callings. And so for like, even when we become, you know, the, the CNA, the LPN and the RN, um, you also, even when you become an RN, there's even levels there. There's what they call advanced practice nurses. And so there's, they're specialized in certain areas. Um, so we all, uh, Christians, we're Christians first, then we can operate in the gift of prophecy. So we, the first thing, the most important thing is being baptized in the Holy Spirit. So it's really key to have that, or it's really hard to receive uh, any gift from the Lord as far as the uh, Holy Spirit manifesting. Um, and then, like I said, some are chosen at a higher level and operate out of the office of the prophet, which um, God actually authorizes and commissions the prophet once Jesus has handpicked them. So, you know, we talk like us, our bodies are, we're, we're like three part and we know God is three part. Father, God, Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. They still operate as one and they're all involved in whatever function and manifestation happens. Each one has their part that they play. So we separate them just to understand, you know, what's happening to be able to understand and to cooperate with the spirit. So the last and the third rim would be the office of the prophet. And this is uh, your assignment or reading can be Ephesians four verse 11. That's the fivefold ministers, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. And then in um, 
God has what he calls the official governing authority. And this is listed in 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And he says there, and it says, God appointed. doesn't say Jesus. It says God appoints. So 1 Corinthians, I'll just read real quick. It's a short one. 12, 28 says, um, and God hath set some in the church. So if he set them there, that word set means to appoint. First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. And then after that, he starts to talk about the the miracles, the gifts, and all those, the governments, and so forth. So what I'm saying there is that those three are God's governing governmental offices. The fivefold are officers and each having their own individual function but then if you go to first corinthians 12 28 it just lists the three and that's the reason because those three are more governmental meaning they set they they set everything in order in the church it's a lot of times you'll hear people teach especially maybe they're just teaching from first corinth i mean ephesians 4 uh, that particular uh, scripture, they'll say, well, there are five officers and they're all five the same. They're all five on the same level. That's not what that's saying in First Corinthians 12, 28. It says first apostles, then prophets, then teachers. And then in that three, there's no mention of a pastor and there's no mention of teachers. And really, the only pa- the only scripture that this talks about pastors, period, in the New Testament is Ephesians four eleven, because they're not they're not governmental offices. They're not the offices or the positions that are going that are called to uh, navigate various realms in the spirit and have those kind of assignments or responsibilities. Their role is to pastor the local church. So how is a pastor going to raise up those in the congregation that are apostles and prophets and teachers? Yeah, it's it's church. The church. They don't have them in the church. Yeah, we went backwards somewhere with all the denominations and all the other craziness. The acknowledgement of the giftings and the, what the Bible says to do. We, they're not following, and they, they put the pastor up here. And the pastor is not equipped to do that unless that pastor is an apostle, is a prophet. And that's usually what ends up happening. But then that person, that apostle and that prophet, they get kind of frustrated because they're pastoring. And that's it's only, it's only supposed to be for a season. Mm-hmm. Now, I know when we went to Tulsa, um, Dr. Price does not have her pastor yet. She's still waiting for God to assign whoever is the pastor, but she doesn't have a pastor. She has nothing but prophets and apostles in her church. Mm-hmm. So there's nobody that's called pastor. They have their titles and their function, 
but there's no pastor there. She said that you know, they'll get a pastor eventually when God's ready for them to have a pastor. She started off as a prophet. And then she was pastoring the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, right now, as far as her team, they all pastor the church. You know, they all support and pastor the church. It, you know, a church has its own calling. It has its own vision. It has its own mission. It has its own reach and responsibility. So it's, um, hers would be very unique, I would say. You know, but all we have to, to, to come to the fullness, as the Bible says, we need all fivefold operating in the body of Christ to be part of the body of Christ, to be healthy. So back to the office and I'm going to close. I'm not going to spend a lot of time. We talk about the office all the time, but this is just some new information I'm, I'm, I've gathered to, put, to share with you. Um, apostles and prophets are commissioned by God with delegated authority because we are in God's army. You've heard me say that many times. A lot of times that's why I dress in these kind of colors because I have lots of stuff that's army stuff, military, because I'm, I mean business. We're in war. <laughs> Uh, their function, their function, uh, the fivefold or the, I'm going to talk about the prophet though. Let's see where I might pass where I was at. Sorry. Their function, I hit something and I went past it. I'm going to share some, what I heard from a CT, prophet CT at the conference talk about um, as it pertains to military and, the, and war. So we are in a war. And their function, meaning all fivefold, is to equip the saints. We talked about that for the work of the ministry. That work of the ministry is the work that's within the church. Work of the ministry. You know, the helps. The different things that we need to do to, to build the church and to build us as individual persons. So first, I am a Christian and I am a member of the body of Christ. And I have a church home and I have a pastor. And I have a covering as a pastor, but now I also have a covering. I, I'm a prophet, so I need a covering of an apostle. And Loretta, Apostle Loretta is my covering as an apostle. Although my husband told me um, Apostle Mitchell feels he's connected, but we're all in the same tree. Because <laughs> Apostle Mitchell covers Apostle Loretta. <laughs> but anyway, we're all connected. So you really have to help me be where you need to be. Because you're in the army now. When you when you go out on the on the field and uh, you're going to go to battle, we're already in battle. You never know when you're going to be in battle. Well, that's why you were always alert, and we pray without ceasing, and we walk in the spirit, and we're led by the spirit. Because when you're called and you need you're needed, God has your number. And he knows how to get your attention, right? So you want to be in uniform, and you got to be covered. Well, part of your uniform is all those coverings I just said. You know, first you're Christian, you're saved, and you know, you're walking in holiness the best you know how, you know, whatever. And then you're in a church home and you're covered, and you have all these other covers. And as you do that, you can't do nothing but it be elevated by God. You know, and the more you, the more you, the more you do, and the more you get approved of, and the more battles you win, <laughs> ah, 
tests and trials you go through, the more you go up. You go up. Go up. Right? You don't want to be out there like that. I mean, you, I don't think you can do that and, and, and survive. That's why there's a lot of people that don't survive. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. I'm only talking about, I'm talking natural, but it's a spiritual thing that we're talking, that we're at. That's the reality. That's the real world. It's the spirit where the battle is. Amen. Say it again. You have to have a battle Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Without it, yeah. And without your weapons. What about Ephesians six and your weapons of warfare? All of that, right? Woo, you gotta be in order. You gotta know who you are. You sure don't want to be out there being a, a lieutenant and you know and you're supposed to be a captain or or a sergeant or whatever, whatever that general. <laughs> Or you're a general, try to be a general, and you need to be back here and be a foot soldier. Whoa. That's very dangerous. But it happens all the time. Because people don't have teaching, don't have right teaching. They're, they're just zealous. They have a gift. Yeah. They're just having fun. understand the danger. Yes, very dangerous. And if he can't get you, he'll go after your children. Your job, your car, whatever. So you don't want to have, want to have any kinks in your armor. If he can't touch you, he can't touch you. Now, when I got all those angels in my house, start finding out why. <laughs> you know, I, I did had no clue until I start walking more and more and more and more in it, and getting called out more and more and more to these these assignments. And and where, where do you, when you go to sleep? I think I had talked about this too before. Your spirit man never sleeps anyway. Isn't it interesting how your spirit doesn't, oh, your your mind, the real you doesn't, well, the real me is the spirit. My natural mind doesn't remember everything that my spirit has done the night before or a week ago or a year ago, unless the Lord wants me to remember. But you could, you know, you could be in battle. You know, I've been in, and sometimes I can remember like being in, in China and different places. And, and doing different things. And then, you know, we're always, that's why we can operate. We can be in more than one place at the same time. How we are, our, our spirits are always in the presence of God, worshiping God. Wow. That was when I was seeing those seraphs in my room. I said, why the heck do I have seraphs in there? Well, I didn't know what they were until he told me. Buddy told me what it was. I said, well, why would they be here in my room? Because I've been heaven at the throne. That's where the seraphs are. Oh. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> it's not the real big tall ones that I see that, you know, I see the, the shapes <laughs> of the silhouettes in my room. The house moving around, walking. I've gotten used to it. I have to accept it. I got my marching orders. I'm in the arms of the Lord. Amen. Okay. 
So the theme of the conference was the station of the prophet in God's future. The station of the prophet in God's future. The prophet has to have training and education, which includes demonstrating, articulating, and discerning and application of all the different things that we learn. This is the Bible. We get it up for, we get it from the Bible. We cannot circumvent our training in order to be effective at the office. The training is a necessary, it's a must. Now station, a station is a place. I think you want to know what a station was. Station is a place. It's a position where someone stands. It's a sign to stand. Your position, I need to mute whoever that is on there. It's your phone. Mute, mute. That didn't work. Hello, mute your, mute your phone, please. Thank you. So a station, back to the definition, someone stands in or is assigned to stand. You're assigned to stand in that place. It's like, it's your position. It is an assigned position. Now, like if you've been in different positions in different work, of, work arenas or companies, you don't always have the same position. That can change, your position can stay, change as your assignment changes. Mute your phone, please. Mute your, your device. Thank you. And so um, it is an assigned position. You accept the responsibility of that assigned position, everything, the job description, everything that comes with that position. It is based on the needs of the one that is stationing you. It's based on their needs. So if I took position as a director of whatever, whatever, I took it knowing what the responsibilities are gonna be, and it's gonna be based on that person giving me that position, saying I have the qualifications, you know, I can do the job, so on and so forth. You say what again? Yeah, my exactly. You get the authority. Exactly. Gotta think military wise. Right? I cannot get this person here, whoever's on, to mute. <laughs> Hello. Mute your phone. Mute your device, please. You're interrupting our our uh, teaching. Okay. And I don't know. It looks like it might be a phone. Okay. I'm almost done. This is the closing. Um, and so uh, the prophet, he is, his name is C.T. He, um, he actually uh, taught, well, active duty Air Force, Master Sergeant. So when he taught, he compared the military with the army of the Lord, you don't have the defense of the Lord. And what he said was that they have five, no, they have three branches too, just like we have the three we talked about in First Corinthians 12. And the three main ones are Army, Navy, and Air Force. People don't realize that the other are branches, but they're not departments. 
and branches of those departments. And then it equals to six altogether, which would include the Marines, Coast Guard, National Guard. Um, so God's three departments, defenses, are the Department of the Apostle, Department of the Prophet, and the Department of the Teacher. And what is the function? God's military department of defense is to guard God's interest, his people, and the nation. So this is the God's blueprint for the governing of his nation. It is his divine order. And remember, we talked about me, we talked about over and over again about what you lose your position. Where do you belong? If you're not in your position, you're out of position. And if you're out of position, you're out of order. So many of us and our churches and the body of Christ are out of order. We're not in divine order. And it's very frustrating to the Lord. What is your station? What is your station now? Are you functioning in your station? Are you in the right department? Are you in the right position? If you are in the wrong department, you can cause casualties. Casualties of war. What does that mean? Death, yeah, blood on your hands from being in the wrong position versus being in the right position. Um, I still can't. That concludes his teaching. Look forward to next month's gathering, which is scheduled for May 25th, 6.30 p.m. at Redeemed Christian Church of God, Christ Embassy for All Nations, 53rd and Fort Streets. Thank you for your time, and I hope you enjoyed it. God bless. Bye-bye.